Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Hello, beloved family. How are you today? I pray that you're well two days away from Christmas, and tomorrow is Christmas Eve. It's just so beautiful. I pray that you can shut out the world, shut out everything, even if you're losing your job at the end of the year, easy for me to say, and just gather with your family, give thanks for your Catholic faith, and celebrate the coming of the Christ child, whom the whole world um, did not know, and who most of the world today rejects. Um, three years ago, I read a story to you, and we had it in our newsletter, and it's called Waiting for the Christ Child, and it's written by Michael Matt of The Remnant. <clears throat> Excuse me just a minute. Let me get this set here. Um, oh, dear. Hold on. I just keep losing it. Um, it is... It's not just a story. It's simply the account of his childhood. Nothing else. Nothing more. It's the account of a true Catholic family living the Catholic faith at home. This in my heart, beloved, is what I long for every single Catholic family to be able to see and take hold of and live um, Michael, Michael's father, Michael Matt's dad, passed it on to him when he was a child, and he has passed it on to his children, who are passing it on to theirs. It's waiting for the Christ child. I've read many stories, fictional, non-fictional. This is the most beautiful I've ever read. I, my heart just swelled, and here's his introduction to it. And it appeared many years ago in The Remnant, and I asked Michael for permission to read it and to print it, and we've done both. Michael writes, each year around Christmas time, we post this short personal Christmas reflection, which offers an alternative custom to the celebration of the great feast. I wrote it some years ago, and every year since, I receive email from new visitors to this site, gently... Um, uh, chastising the remnant for not posting it earlier in Advent so as to allow time for families to adopt as their own some of the customs herein suggested. Well, perhaps I too should have read it um, a little earlier on in Advent. Um, I tell you what, um, if you want to have it for yourself for future years, you can go to the remnant archives and get it, Waiting for the Christ Child. You can also go to our website, motherofisraelshope.org, um, our 2018 Christmas newsletter, and it's printed there. Um, let's see, over the years, Michael says, many Catholic families have adopted the old Christ Child tradition, believing it to be a beautiful means of restoring the true meaning of Christmas while strengthening Catholic identity. Hold on now. Something's not right. I'm so sorry. Something's going wrong on my end. and I keep losing it. Here it is again. Okay. <clears throat> 
Catholic identity is so important, beloved, for your children to know not what religion they are, who they are. They are the people of God. They are God's people. They are truly Christians and Catholics, the first Christians. Um, Michael writes, and it can be gradually implemented, of course, out of respect for her childhood tradition. My wife and I invite Santa Claus, St. Nicholas, to visit our home on Christmas morning, but in a dramatically reduced capacity, perhaps leaving a few stocking stuffers above the mantle and moving on. Christmas is all about midnight. Hold on again. I have a little defect here in my computer. It's all about midnight and Christmas Eve and the Christ child. And a truly happy, holy, and merry Christmas remains forever predicated on careful observance of Advent. No Christmas. Someone came to our door yesterday and said, how do you sisters celebrate Christmas? I said, we celebrate Christmas by having one meal a day for all of Advent and praying and having at a time of quiet and penance and reverence. That's how we celebrate Christmas. So when the Christ child comes, and that's easy for you to say, when the Christ child comes <laughs> on Christmas morning, or actually when we come back from midnight mass Christmas Eve, it's a true, true celebration. And he's not in the manger until then. No Christmas trees. No lights, no good things to eat until December 25th. That's how we do it. When the time of waiting comes to an end and all of Christendom rejoices over an event so magnificent, magnificent, even a two-year-old will never forget it. Christ is to be born and the world, the flesh, and the devil will never change that reality no matter how hard they try. Happy holidays? Yeah, right. <laughs> a fruitful advent to all visitors of this site, writes Michael. And then he begins the article. This will be the fourth Christmas since my father passed away, but it's more now. I I don't remember the year that Michael wrote this. I suppose everyone misses deceased family members most this time of year. I know I do, he says. My father loved Christmas. I sometimes wonder, in fact, what impact his larger-than-life celebrations of the birth of Christ had on the faith of his nine children, each of whom continues to practice the old faith to this day. Isn't that enough to trust in this story, in this true account of his growing up? How many, how many families have nine children or seven or ten and can say every child practices their faith to this day? He, Michael Matt's dad, believed that just as Advent, the mini Lent, so it called, was to be kept well with plenty of spiritual and corporal works of mercy, so too should Christmas be feted with all the merrymaking and gusto a Catholic family can muster. He knew, Michael Matt's father, he knew that children are not born theologians who can grasp the intricacies of the great mysteries of the faith at an early age. The faith needed to be lovingly spoon-fed to them and to the childlike customs of Christmas were for him 
And so, rather, the childlike customs of Christmas were, for him, tailor-made to instill love for the faith before the children were old enough to even begin to understand it. What a shame it is, then, to see well-meaning traditional Catholic parents discarding those customs altogether in a misguided effort to counter the commercialization of Christmas. No gift-giving, no merrymaking, no feasting on Christmas. Alas, the baby is, to, is being thrown out with the bathwater. In a dreary world where pessimism and cynicism, rather than righteousness and peace, have kissed each other, we must guard against robbing our children of the wonder and joy of Christmas, the seedbed for a child's faith. Our poor children may live long enough to see Christmas outlawed altogether in our brave new world, even as it once was before the pilgrims who invented Thanksgiving out of contempt for the popish feast of Christmas. Anti-Catholics have long sought to destroy our great feast, which is why we must be certain that in our eagerness to oppose the commercialization of Christmas, we do not become puritanical agents working toward the same diabolical end. Many Catholics... I'm just so sorry. This is not... Something is really going wrong with my my computer here. Let me give it one more try. No. Okay. Many Catholics oppose the custom of Santa Claus, that somewhat off-putting caricature of the great St. Nicholas. Admittedly, the red suit, the corpulent figure, and the stocking cap barely strikingly uh, slim resemble... Here, strikingly... I'm sorry, let me, let me start that again. The red suit, the corpulent figure, and the stocking cap bear strikingly slim resemblance to the 4th century Bishop of Myrna. And the flying sleigh and reindeer are more reminiscent of pagan myth than Christmas truth. But few have thought to provide a good alternative to the jolly old elf, so I'd like to offer one now by reintroducing readers to the old Catholic Christmas custom that the Germans called Christkind, Christ kind, one word, Christkind, or Christ child, and that American children, European, I'm fumbling this morning, and that American children of European immigrants would call simply the baby Jesus. Here is what I remember, writes Michael. It all began in Advent when my seven sisters and brother, my seven sisters and brothers, um, let me do it here, were expected to prepare for the coming of Christkin, pronounced Christkind. Under mother's watchful eye, we'd fashion a small makeshift manger that would remain unoccupied until Christmas Day. As Advent progressed, good deeds were encouraged on a daily basis And each time it was determined that a good deed had been done, one piece of straw was placed in the empty manger. The idea the idea became the idea being I'm sorry, I just have to keep switching my computer around here. 
The idea being that Advent was a time to prepare a bed on which the baby Jesus could sleep. Are you ready to take on the world of flesh and the devil with just the facts? This is Jesse Romero, host of Jesus 911, heard weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. I'm joined each day by a variety of co-hosts like Ruben Navam, Paul Clay, Dan Schneider, and my amazing wife, Anita Romero. We tackle Catholic devotions, spiritual warfare, family life, saving America, and everything in between. Join us each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Jesus 911. God bless you. Keep the faith. At home, in the car, on the web, or anywhere, on the iCatholic Radio mobile app, we're happy to celebrate Christmas with you. The Station of the Cross and EWTN has continuous special Christmas programming for you and your family. A full list of Christmas Eve and Christmas Day programming can be found online at thestationofthecross.com under our programming tab. That's thestationofthecross.com under our programming tab. Hello, this is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. St. Paul declares, none of us lives as his own master and none of us dies as his own master. God's absolute dominion over human life is the basis for the church's opposition to abortion and euthanasia. When the church defends life, she not only defends the rights of the human person, but also the rights of God himself and his absolute dominion over human life. This is Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. We're happy to be with you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We strive to keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and a look at the news stories of the day that you need to know. Join us on the Catholic Drive Time Show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. That's on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. God love you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We're we're just really at the beginning of the most beautiful story, Waiting for the Christ Child, by Michael Mack, Michael Matt, M-A-T-T, of the Remnant, um, Remnant TV, Remnant newspaper, just magnificent. And he wrote this years ago, and I asked for his permission uh, to read it and publish it, and we did publish it three years ago in our Christmas newsletter. So it's been three years since we've had it and read it. And for me, it's the most magnificent story I've ever read. It's not a story. It's a true account of Michael's uh, family and his celebration of Christmas, which his dad passed on to them, nine children, which Michael has passed on to his children and which they are passing on to their children. I'll pick up at where we left off. He says that as Advent progressed, good deeds were encouraged on a daily basis. And each time it was determined that a good deed had been done, one piece of straw was placed in the empty manger. This is all through Advent. The idea being that Advent was a time to prepare a bed on which the baby Jesus could sleep when he arrived. Under the rules of the old custom, the practice of virtue was an essential part of a child's preparation for Christmas. Each night after supper, 
the lights would be turned down while the advent wreath while advent wreath candles were lit the haunting strains of o come o come emmanuel would be lifted somewhat awkwardly i suppose on the voices of children shadows and flickering flames played on faces across the dining room table hold on a moment now making it easy for a child to imagine that he sat with the Israelites of old waiting for the Messiah to come. At the four weeks, as the four weeks passed, seemingly slow, as slowly as those 4,000 years, one question became constant. Have my sacrifices been enough to please Christkind, Christkind, the Christ child? And thus the weeks of Advent were spent in preparation and waiting as they should be. Dear ones, can you imagine that? The whole of Advent, having your children for every good deed they did, for every time they helped the poor, for every time they helped a sibling or their parents or did good deeds, they would place a straw in the empty manger that it would be filled when the Christ child came, that it would be a suitable bed for him. And their only thoughts is, have I done enough good to please him when he comes? Gradually, Michael writes, the empty manger would fill with straw as the stage was set for a celestial visitor. Oh, dear. Hold on. Okay. <clears throat> on the evening of December 23rd, that's today, beloved, my father, Michael says, would hang a curtain over the doorway of our living room, which, if that straw was piled high enough, was to be transformed into the Christmas room by the baby Jesus himself in the middle of the night. Then it was off to sleep, a seemingly impossible prospect. The Christmas Eve mornings, I remember, Michael says, uh, are marked by a combination of joy and wonder. Children still in their jammies would scarcely whisper the words to a curiously exhausted mother. Did he come all day long? We weren't allowed to go near the curtain, lest one of us should succumb to the temptation to peek, which would be to risk the instant disappearance. Oh, I just, I don't know what happened just now. Which would be, if he peeked, it would be to risk the instant disappearance of whatever Christ Christkind may have brought. A lifetime of self-discipline was taught between dawn and dusk on Christmas Eve. After a day of chores, naps, and helping with the house cleaning, the anticipated hour of 7 o'clock would finally come, finally arrive. We'd gather in the back room and sing Christmas carols in candlelight as our mother would read aloud the story that always began the same way, quote, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus. Hold on now. <clears throat> we listened as Father disappeared into the Christmas room to take down the curtain and see to the final arrangements for the holy ritual. Only he was worthy to take over for the Christ child. Christkind. The wait seemed interminable. Then all at once, his voice would call out from the darkness, Come, children, Christkind has come. Breathlessly, 
we'd make our, I just got chills reading it for the 10th time, breathlessly, we'd make our candle-lit procession from the back room to the living room, singing the words of the old German carol as we went. I'm not going to be able to say this. Uh, Ihr Kinderlin, um, Comet, O Comet, Dach all, Zer Kripte, Her Comet, in Bethlehem's stall. We gather round my father now. No, we gather round my father, who now was kneeling in front of the nativity scene. We would do our best not to crane our necks and look at the darkened Christmas tree or whatever might be lying beneath it. Each child placed a crib figure into the creche, and the youngest put the baby in his manger. Then prayers were said. Christmas carols were quietly sung. Deceased deceased family were remembered, and Father spoke of the marvelous thing that had happened long ago at midnight in Bethlehem in piercing cold. I can still see the cast of Bethlehem bathed in a warm, peaceful glow, seeming as real to me as if I were a shepherd boy looking down from that hillside over Bethlehem. I can hear my father and mother's hushed voices as they prayed and sang to the same royal baby that shepherds and angels had adored centuries ago. That sacred moment was like a porthole in time. We're traveling back to the city of David just then, seemed not only possible to a child, but imminent. Those long-ago Christmas Eves remain vivid in my memory, 35 years later. And the gifts under the tree? I don't remember many of them. There was no question what Christmas was about. We could feel it in the depths of our young souls. We could see it in the tears that formed in our father's eyes as he prayed aloud. We could hear it in our mother's voice, as she sang softly, silent night, holy night, all is calm. Christmas was about the baby, Mary, Joseph, shepherds, angels, and Bethlehem. It was something so powerful that it could even cause our father's voice to tremor in the darkness as he explained who the baby is and what he expects of us. We knew that Christkind was real, because our father and mother were kneeling on the floor before the manger, praying to him. Moments later, the magic of Christmas, the feast, the Catholic family celebration, burst forth in jubilation. The majestic tree was lit. There was singing and dancing, bowls of nuts and candies, specially delivered by the baby Jesus himself, seemed to appear out of nowhere. And there under the tree were the gifts, the second to last phase of the ritual. He had come. He had brought little rewards for Advent efforts. The family was together, united in love for each other, and a child king we cherished with all our hearts. You must understand, Michael writes, my parents had no money. And yet somehow Christmas came year after year, and it was fit for a king. That was part of the miracle. 
But this was just the beginning. The toys and good things to eat were set aside to be enjoyed on each and every one of the 12 days of Christmas. Now the soul of Christmas Eve was about to be celebrated. Coats and hats, mittens and scarves were the next order of business. The old station wagon groaned in the frosty night as... Oops, I missed. Hold on a minute. As Father turned the key, nine children were loaded up, and moments later, the little ones peered through the frosted glass in the hopes of catching a glimpse of Bethlehem's star on the way to Midnight Mass. It would be Christmas Day before this night would draw to a peaceful close in a dimly lit church filled with the scent of pine needles and candle wax and incense not long before the first light of Christmas Day glowed in the east. Sleepy children would crawl into chilly beds as content as ever a child could be this side of heaven's gate. And why not? Christ is born. The years have passed and by so quickly since those childhood days that I can scarcely believe that the five little ones who process into my living room each Christmas Eve are my own, that my beloved father and one sister are no longer with us, and that the rest of us have aged more than we care to admit, But strangely enough, the baby Jesus remains unchanged and unchanging. Ever young, ever new, he is the same now as he was then. My children's imaginations are as captivated by him now. Oh, dear. Hold on a minute. Oh, what just happened? Hold on. Okay. My computer is doing its own thing. I'm so sorry. Let me get back to our spot. It just rotated on its own. He says, strangely enough, the baby Jesus remains unchanged and unchanging, ever young, ever new. He is the same now as he was then. My children's imaginations are as captivated by him now as mine was then. Life is moving on, but somehow Christmas is the one thing that stays the same. Needless to say, his midnight visit on Christmas Eve is the high point of the year for my children. Why? Because as I see it, this old European Christmas custom is profoundly Catholic. There is nothing plastic, banana or phony baloney about it. Children are neither taught to equate Christmas with wicked consumerism or godless Puritanism. They are taught the mystery of the birth of Christ and the importance of celebrating the feast. Advent is a most essential part of the process, even as Midnight Mass is its climax. There's our break, beloved When we come back from the break, we will take your calls, your texts, and your emails, and the toll-free number to call in with anything on your heart is 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. But we have two paragraphs left to this story, and I will not rob you of it. I will finish it as soon as we come back from the break. Don't go away. (laughs) 
God bless you. We'll be right back. time of affliction. Blessed, O Lord, be thy name forever. Who has permitted this affliction to come upon us? We cannot escape it, but must of necessity fly to thee to help us and turn it to our good. Lord, we are now in affliction. Our souls are ill at ease, for we are much troubled with this present suffering. Let it please thee, O Lord, to deliver us, for poor wretches that we are, what can we do without thee? Thy mighty hand can do all things. Give us patience, O Lord, and strength and peace. Help us, O God, and we will not fear, no matter how grievously we may be afflicted. O Lord, thy will be done. Welcome be the will of God. Sacred heart of Jesus, we place our trust in thee. Amen. beloved, this is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live. Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. The Station of the Cross and EWTN has continuous special programming for you and your family. Holy Mass, music, stories, and reflections from Bethlehem to the National Basilica and beyond. A full list of Christmas Eve and Christmas Day programming can be found online at thestationofthecross.com under our programming tab. That's thestationofthecross.com under our programming tab. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. And um, we are just finishing... Um, I hear a bit of an echo, Mike. I don't know if our readers can hear that, our listeners can hear that. Um, uh, let me finish. We have one or two paragraphs left. Even now, uh, Michael writes, but we're in the middle of reading, uh, we're at the end of reading Michael Matt from the Remnant History on the Christkind, the Christ Child. And the tradition passed on to him, one of nine children, by his father, that he passes on to his children, and every one of them are uh, practicing the faith. Um, it ends, uh, Michael concludes by saying, even now, my own children, hold on a minute, walking in the footsteps of their little Catholic counterparts from the old world are trading daily acts of kindness and virtue for little pieces of straw that are lovingly tucked away into an empty manger. For one night soon, the child of Bethlehem will transform their home and their souls into a place fit for a king. For a few miraculous moments, life will stand perfectly still, 
and the line between the physical world and the spiritual one will become mercifully obscured. Christkin creates in children an indissoluble bond between the joy of Christmas, which celebrates his birth, and the Catholic faith itself, which is his greatest gift. In real Christmas cheer, the two become one, and the proper celebration of the holy day plants seeds of faith in the little garden of children's souls, even as they shout for joy. As they grow older, their faith in Christkin transforms itself naturally into belief in the real presence of Christ, in the blessed sacrament, the true meaning of Christmas. There is no deceit. Hold on now. There is no deceit in Christkin custom, for indeed there is no deceit in the Christ kind, the Christkind, the Christ child. He does come down to earth on Christmas Eve. His providence provides everything we need in this life. And he exists just as surely as we do. He was born, and he has a mother whom we all know and love. And he comes to us often at Mass, Christ's Mass. He comes to us at Christmas, Christ's Mass. Has fallen man ever had more reason for feast or feasting than that, than this? Let us be glad and rejoice. Merry Christmas to one and all. Christ is born. May the grace of Christkind be with all the readers, he says, of the remnant this Christmas. And may he bless one and all with a happy and holy new year. Beloved, I would read that story and print it if I could every single year. It is just so, so beautiful. Let me see something here. Um, Okay. We are now going to take your calls, your texts, and your emails. Um, our toll-free number is one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have a call from uh, Laura Lee from Texas. Hi, Laura Lee. Hello, Mother. It's so good to talk with you. It's good for you to call in. Thank you, dear one. You're very welcome. Um, I had um, heard the call yesterday, or the email yesterday, from the woman who wanted to homeschool her children who was legally blind. Yes, she was blind, and she wants to homeschool. She's got a five-year-old daughter to begin with who she wants to begin to homeschool and doesn't have a clue how to do it. Yes, well, I am also legally blind, and I've been homeschooling my children for about three years. I I Laura Lee, Laura Lee, I'm interrupting yes. you because whoever emailed in yesterday, I don't remember her name offhand. This is probably the greatest Christmas gift she could give. Your call. Go ahead. Well, I have two high schoolers and a kindergartner, so I, I've seen it on a pretty wide range. Um, and I wanted to just share a little bit, if that's all right. Um, Please do. Yes. So, first of all, I wanted to say... No matter how hard it is to to homeschool, because for some people it can be very challenging, whether you know they have a disability like I do, or they're a single parent, or you know whatever the circumstances, there is a way, and it's absolutely essential. Mother, you're absolutely right when you have you say you have to get your kids out of the schools. That's My it. husband is a teacher, 
and he will not allow his children to go into school because he sees what's really going on. How awful. So whatever the sacrifice, Good. it needs to be made for the souls of our children. Good for you, Laura Lee. I fully agree. Continue. Go ahead. So um, as uh, depending on this woman, I, when they say legally blind, it can mean a pretty wide range yeah. of things. You could have very little sight or you could have some sight. And so I'm going to have to speak somewhat generally, um, but with her particular circumstances, um, I, like I'd have to talk to her to really know exactly um, what level of vision she's dealing with. Right. So I have you a bo- little you bit both of described, this. pardon me, you both described yourself as being legally blind. That's all she said. Yes. Yeah. So normally legally blind normally means you have at least a little vision, uh-huh. um, but it could be a huge range. So um, I would say, just going into it, is um, uh, be prepared to to be creative. Be prepared to reach out for help. Any homeschooling family, even if they have perfect sight, reaches out for help to other homeschooling families. Right. We we try to help each other. So don't be afraid to reach out and get help, whether it's a, a relative or the Latin Mass Parish that's in our area has a really good homeschool group. So you might call your parish or some parishes in your area and try to see if they have a group that would that you could contact and get help from. Excellent. Most um, Latin parishes do have homeschooling groups. Yes, yes. And they seem to be really good, strong groups as yes. well. <clears throat> so um, with regards to a kid who's, I'm guessing it's her, her daughter's five, she's going into, or he or she's going into kindergarten. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I would say the biggest challenge with that is teaching to read and write because um, it does require some visual, because you have to be able to see how the child's forming their letters, for Mm -hmm. example. So with me, I will have my daughter um, do her work, and then I may have my husband or one of my older sons look at it and give me feedback about how she's forming her letters. And maybe she needs to work on this aspect or that mm-hmm. aspect of mm-hmm. it. It only takes like 15 to 20 minutes of work a day to teach a little child how to read and write. Mm-hmm. So if she could get somebody to assist her for just that amount of time a day, it would, she, she'd be surprised at how much she can accomplish. Wonderful. The other thing is, especially with kindergarten, a lot of the books use a lot of pictures and things like that, which is, of course, more difficult for people like us. Um, so I found like if you go into your everyday life, like your kitchen, just things around your house, you can teach concepts, um, like mathematics, um, sequences, shapes, patterns, just using, you know, things in your kitchen. You don't have to necessarily have the books. Um, and if she can do that, I would suggest looking online for a scope and sequence to know what's commonly taught in kindergarten, and so she knows what what areas to cover. And what did you? And what was it? Spoke and sequence. Scope and sequence. So if you look at scope, like um, S C O P E scope. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you go like uh, I think Seton. Well, I use a lot of Kobe Academy's materials. Excellent. They'll often have. Like, you know, in kindergarten math, you're learning this thing, then this thing, then this thing, then this thing. So just if you kind of follow 
that guide and it gives you an idea to make sure you follow those topics. Excellent. Um, then that can help a lot. And just be creative about using the things in your everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the kitchen is the easiest because cooking, you can do measurements, you can do counting, you can do all sorts of different things. The other thing I would say is there are ton, even the homeschool books, there are tons of books that are available in ebook format or audiobook format. Mm-hmm. And any adaptive software for the blind is going to be able to access some of those formats. And um, so there's, there's ways to get around it, <laughs> in other words. Excellent. And the, the other thing I'd say is if she knows Braille, I would encourage her to teach her child Braille. As very well, good, very good. Uh-huh. And um, the other thing I would say is absolutely know your faith. Know your catechism because even I though love you. I'm going to move you to where we are <laughs> with your family. You're wonderful. Oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> but if you don't know your catechism, you don't know even the good homeschool books. Sometimes there's stuff in there that you have to correct. And if you don't know your faith, you don't know that you need to make a God correction. God bless you. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I wanted to offer. Um, I, mean, I don't want to give it on on the air, but if I don't mind giving my contact information to your radio station. All right, you, you know what, Laura? You're just too good to be true. Um, uh, that's outstanding. So, um, Laura Lee from Texas, if you would give your contact information. Hold on now, to our. Um, uh, all right, hold in, hold on a minute. Um, to our call screener, uh, yes, if you would give that contact. I'm trying to look for the um, for the name of the woman. I know we kept. Hold on, now we kept your email from yesterday. Um, I just was looking for your name. But I don't see it right now. Um, if you, uh, whoever called in yesterday, um, we were supposed to keep it, and I don't see it. I'm so sorry. But um, if you um, leave your contact information, and dear one who called in yesterday, um, uh, if you can call our uh, call the Station of the Cross. Um, let me just see one more time if I have it. Hold on just a moment. No, it, it's gone. I don't know why. But um, whoever called in yesterday, call in the Station of the Cross. Um, it's uh, 1-877-511-5413. And uh, tell the call screener that you want to contact Laura Lee from Texas, who left her contact information. That would just, you're a gem, Laura Lee. You are an absolute gift. Uh, thank you so much. We did have another call yesterday from Michelle who left a couple of homeschooling references, but they're Protestant. And I, I, I looked them up myself, and I don't know that they would be of, of, very, of, of that much help. There are many homeschooling references, um, but I, I looked up a number of them yesterday, and they're all Protestant, and, and you don't want that. So, um, Laura Lee, uh, God bless you. Is there anything else you wanted to add? 
Yeah, I just want to say, if, if anybody else is in a similar situation or they're dealing with a disability okay. and trying to homeschool their kids or anything, I don't. I also don't mind if you share my information with them as well. Oh, God so you bless you. Do you hear that, homeschoolers? <laughs> Do you hear that? So many people are afraid to homeschool. They're afraid they're going to ruin their children. If they're not selfish oh, no, about their wrong. own time, they're afraid they're going to ruin their children. And I, I cannot impress upon them enough, maybe you can help, that... The children need them more than they need formal learning in school. Absolutely. Absolutely. All the you values. Have to their souls. There you go. The souls are the issue. Laura Lee, I love you. Um, can I ask where, you're in, where in Texas you are? Yes, I live in Venus, Texas. It's a tiny little town okay. south of Dallas, Fort Worth. Okay, excellent. God bless you, Laura Lee. Thank you for your call. It was a gift to me as well. God bless you and um, you everyone. Too. Thank you so much. We'll be right back after this break. day of judgment when God says I gave you wealth I gave you your health I put you in a mission field you did nothing you neglected the suffering and the poor they were literally right down the highway from you and when he asks why did you use all those blessings only for your own comfort and ease sermons for everyday living weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern on the station of the cross hear from uh, different people at non-Catholic churches that Catholics were going to hell or that they really didn't know who the Lord was. The Catholic Church is not all what people say it is. I mean, it's completely different. There's so many stereotypes. It's very possible to know the Lord and it's very possible to have a relationship with God in the Catholic Church. I believe I was born into the Catholic Church and that's where I belong. If you've been away from the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org. Have you ever wondered how early in life it was determined that you would be right or left-handed? By eight weeks of development, 75% of unborn children exhibit a tendency to use their right hand. How amazing that God has even the smallest details planned for us when we are still in the womb. Human life is sacred. Think about it. Coalitionforlife.com in the car, on the web, or anywhere. On the iCatholic Radio mobile app, we're happy to celebrate Christmas with you. The Station of the Cross and EWTN has continuous special Christmas programming for you and your family. A full list of Christmas Eve and Christmas Day programming can be found online at thestationofthecross.com under our programming tab. That's thestationofthecross.com under our programming tab. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, um, to Mother Miriam. 
Freedom Live. This is our last segment. We've got 10 plus minutes and our lines are wide open. You're welcome to call in with anything on your heart. Toll free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have Rachel from Maryland on the line. Are you there, dear one? I am. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for holding on, Rachel. God bless you. And to you, happy Advent. Thank you. Mother, I uh, just absolutely loved this reflection that you've read this morning. Mm. And I, I have been led to call you and ask your advice. I yes. have two children, a 23-year-old daughter and a 20-year-old son, who are good kids. Um, but I must say that every year at this time, I always have this very distasteful feeling in my mouth you know, that trying to, to fight back the commercialism of this time of year. And I think in many ways we've done better than most when it comes to not going crazy with presents, et cetera, and getting all wrapped up in, in the secular commercial commercialization of Christmas. However, we we really haven't done it as well as we should and this this story is so beautiful and inspires me to try to figure out how to I- introduce this to my children albeit at their ages you know they're adults so right but i read it as and, an adult and i've i've been tremendously affected by it mm-hmm. and i would like to be able to carry it forward for them um, but also for their children in the future yes. as, you know, as time goes along. So I just was hoping that you might give me some advice on how to undo what I've done and maybe introduce this in a way yes. that they will embrace it. Right. Um, are either of your children married or do they have children? No. No. Okay. They're single and hoping perhaps to be married one day. Are you going to yes, be ma'am. with them for Christmas this year? Yes, I am. Do they live at home? They do. Well, good then. Okay. What I would do is gather them together this evening. Are you going to Christmas Mass tonight? We're going to go to Midnight Mass tomorrow night. Oh, I don't... Excuse me. I'm a day early. Tomorrow night, of course. Yes. You know what I would do? I would um, sit them down tonight. I don't know if you have other plans. I don't know if they're going to be shopping. If not tonight, before Mass tomorrow night. But tonight, if possible. And just read them the story slowly and lovingly, not in any way instructing them. Just read it as the beautiful story it is. And you can, again, um, you can get it through the archives on Remnant um, TV, but you can, if that's a struggle for you for any reason, I, I think they have a search box, you should be able to get it. Uh, but if, if it is, um, then just go on our website, uh, motherofisraelshope.org, and in the little search box, type in Christmas 2018, and it, you'll bring it up. It's uh, the second or third article. Just scroll down in our Christmas newsletter. And you'll have the whole thing. That's where I read it from this morning. Um, and just say, you know, gather the family. Uh, if your husband's home, it'd be good for all of you to be together. And just say, I heard this this morning or yesterday morning, whenever you read it. 
and say I was tremendously moved by it and I wanted to read it to you. Um, it may be something that you may want when you start family. So I would just do that. And um, you could say, you can't undo what you've done, but you can um, uh, let that fade into the background as beauty replaces it. Such a sadness came over me when you said that you can't undo what you've done. It is so true. And it's so difficult for us as parents uh, to accept. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, this, this, what has undo did what we've done is the Christ child. That's no right. one can undo what they've done in their past or what has been done to them. No one can undo that. But we can embrace the Christ child who came to make all things new. That's the way to see it. Oh, that's so beautiful. Well, I, um, I'm not exactly sure how it will be received, but I appreciate your, your advice because I think that it may take some time, but uh, with introducing it to them in that way, in a gentle way, and then moving forward with our normal Christmas, uh, and year after year, uh, I think that you have very wise advice. So and, I, and I thank you very much. Don't present it as something that you think they may want for the future or that they could be moved by. Or don't, no instruction, nothing. Make it very personal. Say, I heard a story today. It's true. It's the account of Christmas with a family. And I'm so moved by it. I don't know how you'll feel, but I'd like to read it to you. End of story. Let the Holy Spirit do what he wants with their hearts with that story. Oh, thank you, Mother. God bless you, Mother. Okay. Merry you too, Rachel. Christmas. Merry Christmas. God bless you. We have a call from Karen uh, from Montreal. Hi, Karen. Hi, Mother. Oh, sweetheart. Hi, so you called yesterday. Yes. Uh, um. Oh, get great. I'm so glad you were listening today. Yes, I'm I'm listening every day, Mother. I'm so glad. So you'll give Laura Lee a call? Yes, I will give Laura Lee a call. And uh, yes, I'm so grateful and I'm so blessed right now. Oh, I yes. couldn't imagine yes. a greater Christmas gift for you. It's just so yes. beautiful that yes. you called in today. Oh, and she's strong. Say hi. Say hi, Mother Miriam. Hi, hi sweet. Hi, baby. What's your name? What's your name? My name? My name is... <laughs> My name is Maria Carey-Zellacruz. <laughs> okay. Let your mother repeat that for me. Full name. <laughs> uh-huh. What's her first name? Maria Carey. Oh, what a it's beautiful Maria, name, yes. Maria Teresa. Yes. Beautiful Maria. Maria Curry, yes. How old are you, sweetheart? Uh-huh. How, old are you? How old are you? She's four. No, you're four years. I'm four? I'm four years old. <laughs> you're five? She's four. She's four years old. She's turning five next year, mother. Woo-hoo. She just turned four last all right. uh, October. Oh, beautiful, yeah. Maria Therese. Yeah. How beautiful. Are you all looking forward to Christmas? Are you looking forward for Christmas, Therese? Yes. Yes, mother. Yes. 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 <laughs> Maria, Maria Therese, can you hear me? Yes. Do, do you love Jesus? Yes. 
Does he love you? Yeah. How do you know? How do you know Jesus loves you? He just loves you. <laughs> he just loves you. That's a good answer. That's that's confirmation. I know that. He know. And don't you ever doubt that if you live to be three hundred. What, sweetheart? He gave his son to us, right? Yes, yeah, God, God gave Father his son. Jesus. Oh, you're going to be a theology teacher. <laughs> Jesus gave his son right. to us. Mm-hmm. Is he worth, give, should we give uh-huh. him our whole heart, Maria Therese? Uh-huh. Should we give Jesus uh-huh. our whole heart? Because God, yes. Yes, absolutely. Oh, he loves you, and he always will, sweetheart. And you have a very Sorry. special mommy. <laughs> you have a very special mommy, sweetheart. Um, I think that's the music for the end of our program. Yes, um, Mother, thank you so much. God bless for you for calling in, Karen. And, and uh, yes. I can't wait for you and Laura Lee to connect. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Merry okay. Christmas, Mother. And to all of you, God bless you. Bye-bye. <laughs> 